Okay, Paul, we there? Good morning. Can I have a bit? Got a spare one? Oh, oh great, cheers. Excuse us. Anyone else want a biscuit? I'm, I'm, I'm serious, I was thinking this morning, I might bring a bar of chocolate. I thought, if someone's looking a bit bored, I might have a bar. Very nice. Mm. No, I didn't. Anyone got any chocolate? <laughs> Leslie's got the chocolate. Jesus went about doing good. Dealing with the practical needs. Good morning. Really great to see everybody this morning. Let's, uh, let's pray, shall we? Father, we want to thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to thank you that he is the centre of everything. We want to thank you that he is the Lord of all, that he is the risen saviour, that he is the king, he is the deliverer, he is the redeemer, he is the lamb upon the throne, he is the giver of the Holy Spirit, he is the one who is building his church. Jesus, we don't understand a lot of things, but one thing we know, you are Lord. And Father, in, in just whatever way we can this morning, we say, Jesus, be Lord in our lives. Father, open our ears to hear your word. Father, let your spirit minister to us this morning. And Father, I pray you give us the, the physical and emotional strength to get through this. And Father, I pray for myself for the physical strength to get through this next few minutes. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's great to see so many folks here this morning. Absolutely fantastic. And uh, it's a forerunner of when we start to have two services because we're getting too big. Amen. Come on, Steve. Wake up, wake up. Amen. Come on, come on. Do you shot this later? We're, gonna, we're doing a series in Ruth, so you'll have to forgive me um, because I don't really want to pray see all that's gone before us already. Um, but uh, John did a, an overview of Ruth, and then David spoke about Abimelech and... Um, Something else which was excellent. Naomi, Naomi that's right. <laughs> and, uh, and then Steve did Ruth. And um, my personal opinion is they were three of the best words I'd ever heard those guys speak. So um, there are CDs available if you haven't heard those or it's on the internet as well. So to get the full picture of Ruth, it really is worth listening to those as well. Um, a good investment of an hour and a half of your life. So we're bringing the, the story of Ruth to a close today. And... Um, we're looking at Boaz, and uh, the great thing about Boaz is that he just shows us what Jesus is like. He's a pointer, he's a flavour of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, you'll see today, I've entitled the word Boaz, Choose Jesus, Not Stockholm. That's a bit of a bizarre way, bizarre title, but it'll become clearer as the uh, morning progresses into the afternoon. So. I hope you've recorded the Grand Prix. <laughs> but Boaz, Boaz gives us a real flavour of Jesus. And um, if you, has everyone got notes? Good luck if you haven't. No. Um, there's lots of scripture this morning because we're going to have a really good shower in the word of God. So I'm going to race through to get to the end bit because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to minister to us and actually do business with us. Because if the word doesn't change us, really what's the point? So let's look at Boaz very briefly. You know, his attitude 
was always to bless God. As soon as this guy opens his mouth, he starts praising the Lord. Isn't it great when you meet men like that? You don't meet them, they start moaning, they just say, praise God. Not in a pressurized religious way, but they're coming across with their heart for the Lord. So Boaz, he had an attitude to bless God. He worked hard. And us chaps, we need to work hard. He cared for others. He was a man who always acted with integrity. He honoured authority. You know, he went to the gate. That's where the elders and leaders would sit. He wasn't doing it quietly in the back, trying to manipulate things. He worked under authority. And when you work under authority, then the Lord can trust you with authority. He worked things through and he enjoyed the journey. Remember Tom coming? He said, don't just work for the destination. Enjoy the journey. Let's enjoy being with one another. Let's smile at one another. Let's do one another good today. Have a biscuit. Let's do one another good. There's enough hassle in this world, isn't there? So he enjoyed the journey. He worked things things through. He didn't meet Ruth and say, right, I'm marrying her. Sorted. He worked it through. He worked it through. And finally, Boaz, he was a part of history way beyond anything he could have imagined. Great-grandfather of David. I mean, phenomenal. We, us little people, we can just be obedient to the word of God, be filled with his spirit, and we can have a massive impact on history. I really, genuinely believe that. So the word we're going to hear a lot today is redemption, that good old-fashioned word that we were brought up with in the, in the Baptist movement. Redemption. And Boaz was a kinsman redeemer. And that's an Old, old Testament picture of, of God's plan for redemption for us. Redemption means to buy back, to act in bringing from slavery, captivity, or death by the price of judgment. Now, I'm taking a bit of a risk this morning. I'm going to go into my Greek and into my Hebrew. Not plagiarised on the internet, I promise you. This, is a, this has been worked out. Inferiority idol working its way through this. Affirmation idol. So, redem- um, so we're going to look at four Hebrew meanings of redemption. And for Greek, we're going to whiz through these quick. The most important thing in this is I'm going to read scriptures which show you what the words mean. Because the word of God is the most important thing. So the first Hebrew word is gahal. If you've um, done Hebrew, have I? Gahal. Thank you. I said with a Brazilian accent there. <laughs> so this means to redeem according to oriental law. Of kinship. This better be right, or Leslie will have me for this because she knows Hebrew. To be next of kin and as such to buy back a relative's property, marry his widow, etc. It's translated as redeem, redeemed, kinsman redeemer, ransom, deliver, purchase, avenger of blood, revenger, and redeemer. Exodus 6 6 says this Therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. Exodus fifteen thirteen says, In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. Almost feels New Testament already, doesn't it? Ruth 3, 13, um, 
Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. And the final one, although there's more in the notes. Jeremiah 31, 11. For the Lord will ransom Jacob, that's his people, and redeem them from the hand of those stronger than they. You want to be redeemed from the hand of something stronger than you? Then we need to turn to the Lord. The second Hebrew word, Leslie, is? Padach. Very good. Meaning to sever, i.e. to ransom, to deliver, to preserve. Translated as redeem, redeemed, deliver, redeeming, rescued, and ransom. Deuteronomy 9.26 says, I prayed to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, do not destroy your people, your own inheritance, that you redeemed by your great power and brought out of Egypt with a mighty hand. Deuteronomy 28, 21.8 starts with, Accept this atonement for your people whom you have redeemed, O Lord. See how the picture is starting to build. Third Hebrew word is? Pedoth. Is that right? Pedoth? Pedoth. Lovely. This is translated as distinction or deliverance, division, redeem or redemption. Exodus 8.22. But on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen. Now that's where the Hebrew slaves were within Egypt. So the Lord says on that day I will deal differently with the land of Goshen where my people live. No swarms of flies will be there so that you will know that I am the Lord. Um, that I, the Lord, am in this land. Sorry, I will make a distinction between my people and your people. This miraculous sign will occur tomorrow. It'd be great to get a word from the Lord. This miraculous sign will occur tomorrow. Psalm 111 says, He provided redemption for his people. He ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. Final Hebrew word is? Sorry. Parach or Parach. Thank you. No, that's fine. It means to break off, to break off, deliver, redeem, or rent in pieces. When Isaac is giving the so called blessing to Esau, we read in Genesis 27, you will live by the sword and you will serve your brother, i.e. Jacob. But when you, Esau, grow restless, you will throw this yoke from off your neck. A throwing away. Psalm 136, and the Lord has freed us from our enemies. His love endures forever. Wouldn't it be good to be freed from our enemies? I mustn't go there yet. <laughs> be restrained. And then 1 Kings 19, the story of Elijah. Uh, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. So, Old Testament picture of redemption means to ransom, to deliver, purchase, avenge, make a division, break off or tear in pieces. Not a very Julian word, this is it. <laughs> we we'll get there.
So the Greek, anyone do Greek? Oh, Janet. I used to do it at playtime when I was at grammar school to get out of the playground being beaten up, so I went to do Greek. So so I learned learned a few things. (laughs) So the the first, so forgive the the pronunciation. Uh, Luthero, meaning to ransom figuratively, figuratively and literally. Luke 24, 21. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since this took place. Titus 2, 14. This is a good one to stick on the fridge. It's talking about Jesus Christ, our Lord, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. Fantastic. And in 1 Peter, remember we were looking at the series of 1 Peter? It all connects together. Uh, 1 Peter 1 says this, For you know that it is not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. We have been redeemed by the precious lamb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Please talk to me. I'm getting very lonely up here. Second word, apolutrolosis. <coughs> Not bad for someone that can't read, is it? Meaning the act of ransom in full, riddance, or especially Christian salvation, translated as redemption or deliverance. Luke 21. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Romans 8, we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pain of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we, eagerly, as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons, the redemption of our bodies. Wonderful one from Ephesians 1.7. In him, in Jesus, in our Lord Jesus We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. All of God's grace. Isn't that fantastic? Just because of God's grace, he has redeemed us from our sins. That is excellent. Third one, third Greek, agorazo, meaning to go to the market. This is is an important one today, folks, because I think, for me, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to highlight this one. To go to the market to purchase. It's translated to buy or redeem. Now we go to the the famous parable in Matthew 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again and for joy went and sold all he had and he went and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. He found one of great value, sold everything that he had and purchased it. Revelation 3:18. I counsel you to buy for me gold refined in fire. The final one. Exagorazao or ao or ao. Meaning to buy up, to rescue from loss, to improve opportunity. Literally translated as redeem. 
Galatians 3.13. Don't just put this one in the fridge. Put this one everywhere. Jesus Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Be careful of going into stuff that's too subjective, but I wonder if ever you've ever caught a glimpse, just the smallest glimpse in your spirit of what it was like for the cross, what it was like for Jesus, not only the pain, but the fact that he didn't bite back, the fact that he didn't take, he didn't say, you're wrong. <laughs> he didn't defend himself. I, I, it's amazing, isn't it? He was cursed according to Jewish law. I mean, that was it. You're on a tree. You are just so not here anymore, separate from God. And the precious Son of God was willing to do that for us. <sighs> Jesus, it just, it's just amazing, isn't it? What trust in his Father. What trust in his Father. What love. What amazing love. And Colossians 4.5 says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Something else that... Uh, I need to be aware of, we need to be aware of as a body. Be wise how we act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. So that's our quick Greek and Hebrew jaunt. And we can see from the New Testament that redemption means to ransom, to deliver, to loose by a price. I like that, to loose by a price. To purchase out of the marketplace or to acquire out of a forum. Kind of a Roman word which people would have understood. Excuse me a minute. Very nice. So, three Old Testament examples of God's redemption for his people. Firstly, in Exodus, the children of Israel come out of Egypt and they're redeemed by the Passover lamb. Secondly, the Israelites were redeemed with silver and gold. This was called redemption money. And that's in Exodus 30, Numbers 3. And thirdly, the one which we've been concentrating in uh, Ruth is the law of redemption as seen in the function of the kinsman redeemer. Now this is where Boaz really starts to shine. This involved the redemption of a wife, a slave or a forfeited land or inheritance. Leviticus 25.25 says this, If one of your countrymen becomes poor and sells some of his property... His nearest relative is to come and redeem what the countryman has sold. So, again, we see this picture of redemption. I know it's quite a lot to take in. And you just think, oh, goodness, I'm going to sleep. This is so boring. But just to get that, that the main core, redemption, redeemed, price paid, out of the marketplace, it's done, it's dusted. Just, just get that as the main theme. And Jesus has the right to do that, which we'll come to in a moment. So the kinsman redeemer had to have three, three, main function, three main qualifications for the role. He must be a near relative or kinsman. He must be willing to redeem the lost inheritance or buy back the relative. And thirdly, must be able to pay the full price for redemption. Now, does that remind anyone of anybody? A near kinsman or relative. Remember what Steve said about foreign blood last... I mean, that was excellent about how this foreign blood... Just awesome. Really significant, I believe that was. Jesus, he is our relative. 
He is willing to redeem our lost inheritance. He's willing to buy back. And he's able to pay the full price because he was a sinless, spotless lamb who died on the cross for us. He can do it, and he has done it. Hallelujah. (laughs) So, let's look at four ways, briefly, in which Jesus fulfills that criteria as kinsman redeemer. Um, Would you like to turn to Hebrews 10, uh, verse 5, please? So Jesus becomes our near kinsman redeemer by the incarnation and the virgin birth. Again, this is this is quite a complicated scripture, so you just kind of have to bear with us. And it comes, it kind of, you get the verse ten, it fits together. So just bear with me on this. When Christ came into the world, he said, "Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me." With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. First he said, sacrifices and offerings, burnt offerings and sin offerings you did not desire. Nor were you pleased with them, although the law required them. Then he said, here I am. I have come to do your will. He sets aside the first to establish the second. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. There it is in the book, the word of God, once and for all, Jesus has paid the price. So, secondly, Jesus was willing, he was willing to redeem the human race. The inheritance which we we forfeited through our sin in the garden and through our selfish ways, through our very nature. Jesus was willing to redeem that. And and finally, and thirdly, Jesus is well able to pay that price. It says in Revelation 5.9, they sang a new song. They said, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Only Jesus is worthy to open the scroll So take the scroll, open the seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased men from every tribe and language and people and nation. Jesus is worthy. He can do it. Yes, he can. Everything is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. He is Lord, and his name is now the greatest redemptive name. And it just fulfills everything in the Old Testament and the New Testament. He is Jehovah, our Redeemer. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that great? (laughs) So, what's to do? Now, we have been redeemed. The price has been paid. Now, we have been bought back from the slave market of the enemy. We were in his slave market, and the Lord has bought us back. Jesus is our kinsman Redeemer. Jesus redeems us from all sin and all iniquity. And the scriptures are are in your notes. Jesus redeems us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3.13, as we know. And Jesus redeems us 
from the kingdom of darkness. Got to read Colossians 1. Just let me read Colossians 1, 13 and 14 to you. I mean, the whole of Colossians is great, but where to start and where to finish. For Jesus, um, sorry, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. God has transferred us from a kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light because of what his son Jesus has done. Isn't it wonderful to be out of darkness? Isn't it wonderful? We're in the light. It's great. We don't get a lot of amens because some of us are struggling with darkness. It doesn't feel like that. But with all the love in the world, it's not based on feelings. It's based on the word of God. That is the truth. If we, if we confess Jesus Christ as our Lord, we own him as our saviour, then we are transferred. We've got a lot of stuff to work out, sure, but we need to know where we stand. Fifthly, Jesus redeems us from evil, he redeems us from distress, and, and he redeems us from bondage. Doesn't always feel like it, but the word says he does. And you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scriptures there. Sixthly, Jesus redeems us from death and hell. Who wants to die forever? Who wants to be eternally separated from God? Come to the front now. No. Jesus has paid the price so we don't have to be eternally separated from God. We can be with him. How great is that? Jesus' redemption covers our past, covers our past, except the stuff you're struggling with and I'm struggling with. That doesn't get covered because that's for more important people. Okay? He covers it all. He covers it all. I'm going to come to that in detail in a minute. Jesus covers our past. Don't ask me how. Look at the book of Ruth. It's just a mess. Jesus redeems the situation. He covers our present and he covers our future. That is the Lord we worship. I know I'm saying some very bold things today. I'm not saying I'm 100% there. But I'm saying base it on the truth of the word of God. That is the truth and that is what we're going to stand by. Um, we might have to stand on it quite a lot, as some of our brothers and sisters had to in the last couple of weeks, really stand on the word of God in a very tough and real world. So, you know me, I like the practical stuff, I like the nitty gritty. How does this apply? Oh, look, Julian, this is great redemption and ransom and buy out the market. Oh, that's lovely, great little word, very pretty. Um, but come on, it's 2010, got to go to Morrison shopping tomorrow. My daughter hasn't phoned me for weeks, my husband's getting out my nose. Look, what we talk, how is this applicable? How is this applicable? Well, let me tell you how I feel this is applicable. There's three things which I feel have been highlighted to me as I've come to prepare this. And uh, the nitty gritty. And the first thing is beware of spiritual Stockholm Syndrome. Stockholm Syndrome? What on earth is it? Anyone know what Stockholm Syndrome is? Yeah, yeah. Shout it out. Okay, Stockholm Syndrome, I don't want to lose anybody, so just, bear, just hold on with me here because you, you'll see where I'm going with this. Stockholm Syndrome describes the behaviour of kidnapped victims okay, who over time become sympathetic with their captors. The name derives from an incident in 1975. There were hostages taken at a bank in Stockholm and when they came to free them, they resisted They resisted being released because they were sympathetic 
with their captives and actually refused to testify against their captors. So they were held captive and yet they resisted being rescued. Strange, isn't it? The most famous one, do you remember the most famous Stockholm Syndrome? Patty Hearst, yeah? It was the Symbionese Liberation Army. They took her away, this heiress. And then a few weeks later, months later, she was captured on film robbing banks with the Symbionese Liberation Army because she had become so assimilated with their, with their way. She became an accomplice to the group. She became part of who they were, even though she'd been taken captive. So what causes um, Stockholm Syndrome? Well, captives to begin to identify with their captors, initially as a defensive mechanism, out of fear of violence and so forth. But then small acts of kindness by the captor are then magnified, since finding perspective in a hostage situation is, is impossible. Rescue attempts are seen as a threat, since the captive would be injured during such attempts. So they're kind of assimilated. If you're into Star Trek, which I'm not, Borg, you know, they are Borgs. They're kind of assimilated into this. So how does that apply to us? Well, we are born sin. The Bible tells us that. We're under its influence. We become totally self-reliant, self-obsessed. It's all about me rather than reliant on the Lord God. Sin and its selfish consequences just bombard our lives. Yet pride, laziness, apathy means that we just kind of accept it as the status quo. And we can even embrace a spiritual Stockholm Syndrome. Oh, well, you know, can't be bothered with all of that. Maybe at times we long to be free. Maybe we long for the love of God sometimes to break out of the hole. But there's a security in being captive. But today, the word says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. You know, today we can start the road to freedom. Today we can. If we allow God's word and his Holy Spirit to penetrate our spirit, if we ask him to redeem our lives, to redeem the circumstances, our family, our past, our finances, our health, etc., etc., Jesus offers redemption. And you know what it's going to cost us? Everything. It's a big cost. There's no cheap gospel here. If you want to follow Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's going to cost you everything. Everything. Every decision, every resource, every relationship, he is Lord. You get good stuff with it. <laughs> but be clear, there is a price to following Jesus. But he can redeem and he offers redemption, no matter what the mess is. You see, Boaz was alive when Naomi trooped off to Moab, which we think probably wasn't the best idea anyway. When Ruth got married, Boaz was busy working. When Ruth's husband died, is that on? When, uh, Ruth's, when, when Ruth's husband died, Boaz was still around. He was there all the time, but they hadn't met. Jesus is always there. He's always around. It may be that you just haven't met him yet. I say the following thing carefully. Firstly, we come to Jesus. 
in pastoral situations, I said, oh, John, I'm really struggling with something. And I just, just better help me with this. And they won't talk to me. And I'm upset. And, you know, that's okay. But firstly, Julian, you need to come to Jesus. Let's come to Jesus together. Don't pile me up with your pastoral problems. Come to Jesus first. Yes, things do need to be talked through. We need to work things out sometimes. That, that's very important. But firstly, we come to Jesus. We get it round the wrong way, don't we? I'm going to go around and talk to so-and-so about something I'm struggling with. We talk for three hours and we have a little prayer at the end. Come on. We need to come to Jesus. Lord, I'm struggling with this. I don't understand this. I'm finding this difficult, this relationship, that issue. I come to you first. Now, brothers and sisters, help me work this, work this through. Let's be fast to run to Jesus. And then let's take wise counsel from that place onwards. But let's come to Jesus first. So firstly, be, be aware of spiritual Stockholm Syndrome, agreeing with the enemy and just coming under his sway and just letting him push us around. Secondly, this is the one I felt the Holy Spirit highlights me. Um, I know that's, that's where I'm coming from, so just have to love me in it. Don't return to the slave market. Jesus sets us free. He said, when the sun sets you free, you are free, free indeed. Yeah. Okay, so when, <laughs> when he sets us free, we are free indeed. We are new creations. The old has gone. The new has come. That has to be worked through. Yes, etc. I agree with that. But the principle, that the, the truth is Jesus sets us free. We have new life in Jesus. But, you know, the immaturity in me, the kind of wanting to be loved in me, just sort of, you know, you know like in those little cartoons where they pixie you along. Sneaks back to the slave market. Why do we keep returning to the slave market? Because slavery is a security. Let me speak this morning about, we sang this morning about Jesus being our security, if I remember rightly. There's a security in being weak. There's a security in being immature. There's a security in being a slave to the enemy. Because we can just be knocked around and then John will love me and look after me. I'm going to be pushed about and then David will pray for me. Go to the slave market. Why? Because when you're a slave, you're, paid, you're, you're provided for, you've got a roof over your head, you've got food. Oh, it's all right. Okay, they boss me. And, of course, if you're a slave, you have a really good moan about the person who owns you all the time. So you're best of both worlds. <laughs> you get your food, you get your, your sleep, your covering, and you can have a good old moan about everything. And I tell you, we need to start moving away from the slave market. The children of Israel, they went through the Red Sea, they saw great deliverance, etc. And within a couple of days, moaning and groaning, they wanted to go back. A bit of opposition. Oh, those cucumbers were so lovely. How are your cucumbers doing, Fred? Mine are... I've got a couple of spare cucumbers. Who wants the rich cucumber? They said, oh, the cucumbers were so lovely. We want to go back to Egypt. We were slave, but we provided for, you know. We want to go back. A bit of opposition. I'm going to stand on the word of God. Oh, someone's had a go at me. Oh, John, I'm having such a hard time. I don't know what to do. No. Let... Yes, we do need to grow. We do need to live, be based on the word of God. I can become the victim so quickly because I want a bit of love and a bit of a cuddle. Actually, Julian, it's time to grow up. 
It's time to take responsibility. As this church grows and more and more and more people add, we are going to all need to be in a place where we can love people, care for them, minister to them. We can't have a long queue and John and David trying to pray for everybody. We all need to be praying for folk. You've got Jesus in you? Yeah, we need to learn things and learn things and stuff. And we, we, we're teachable. That's good. But let's not return to the slave market. Just hear my heart. I'm not having a go at any of us. But let's just be careful that we don't return to the slave market. Because there's safety in being and security in being in captivity. You see, the thing is that when we are free, something happens. And that is we have to start taking responsibility. That isn't always easy. We're in a world where we expect someone else to take responsibility for us. But in the kingdom, we're called to take responsibility. It's part of the maturing process. Not always easy. But let's all take responsibility. Let's, let's grow. Jesus said to the pool of Bethesda, and Julie will know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> Jesus went up to the man at the pool of Bethesda and he asked him a key question. Do you want to get well? And, and I, I just restrain myself at this point, just go, deep breath. But every now and again, over the many years, have you sometimes wanted to look someone you're praying for in the eye and say, do you want to get well? Because the honest answer is, no, I don't. Because you come and visit me every week and the church gives me money and I get looked after and I get prayed for. And Do you want to get well? Jesus asked him, do you want to get well? <laughs> he didn't even answer the question, but Jesus raised him up. <laughs> well, now. We saw a lady um, miraculously healed at an Ian Andrews meeting in 1984. And on the Monday morning after she was healed, um, MS, she went to the DSS or whatever it was in those days and she cancelled her sickness benefit and she started looking for a job <coughs> to take responsibility. You know, some of us, some, may, maybe not in this room, maybe listening or whatever, self-imposed prisons. Jesus redeems situations. It, we either take him by his word or we're going to drain these two precious men out with pastoral care. Yes, get pastoral care. Yes, get direction. Yes, get input. But rise up. I rose, went forth and followed thee. Not I rose and thought, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> Forgive me if there's a bit of me in that. But, it, but that's, that's where my heart is. Do you want to get well? Yes, Lord, I want to get well. Okay. It's time to grow up and go on this fantastic adventure with God then. Nearly there. Now, the enemy will tell us that we have to earn our salvation. You've got to earn it. You've got to work hard for your salvation. Lie. Lie. Not true. It's a lie. Tom shared with us, you know, when he was sharing with us encouraging words about being a place of joy. That's why we smile. Being a place of joy. And that is, he said, it's not earned. It's a free gift from God. The price is paid in full. You know, our emotions, my emotions or whatever, can rob us of the affirmation of standing in who we are in Jesus. Whether I feel like it this morning or not. And physically, I don't feel like it. But I tell you what, Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the rock. He's the rock on which we stand. End of discussion. He is Lord. If we sin, we repent, we come to the Lord, we say, sorry, Father. We genuinely repent and we move on with him. 
We don't keep harping, harping back. So finally, what do I suggest we do? Well, I suggest, and I have to do this too, and I'm trying to, give ourselves totally to God. You see, Boaz was willing to redeem this foreigner. And Steve gave us a flavour of what she could have been like. <laughs> Boaz was willing to redeem this foreigner, Ruth. Now, there's a, a famous Christian writer called Watchman Nee, and he said this, Ruth's need was not to be met merely by the purchase of her lands. She must be wed or be fully joined to Boaz. Here we come. Without the offering of ourselves to God, redemption is a sterile, empty thing. Consecration to God pays rich dividends. God's redemption is sterile unless we give ourselves. If Ruth hadn't given, she gave herself fully, without going into details, you can see it for yourself. She gave herself fully to Boaz. I'm going to cut that bit out. Okay. Just look at Ruth's situation. She was brought up in godless surroundings. There was wickedness, there was evil. She experienced barrenness, which again Steve covered last week, which was not a, not a good thing in those days. She experienced the death of her husband, the death of her brother-in-law, the death of her father-in-law. <laughs> she had a foreign mother-in-law. And the foreign mother-in-law was clearly having a bit of a struggle as well, as we know. And yet, she submitted herself to Naomi, which again we looked at last week. Although she wasn't perfect, she worked at her integrity and she was part of God's redemptive plan. Yes, she was a good woman and she had integrity, but it was all of God. It was all of God's doing. There was nothing in the end that she could do, but she just positioned herself in a place to receive Even at the beginning of this book, there were disasters, trouble, problems, grief, famine. But in it all, God was working out his purposes. I really believe, and I know we've heard a lot from politicians recently about, you know, this is a new day and da-da-da. And, you know, take that at face value. let's, Let's believe so. Hallelujah. Bless them, Lord. But for us personally, what are we going to do about redemption? Why? Why did... John and David say, yeah, I think we should look at Ruth. Was it just a little filler to get May out the way? I mean, it was a year ago today that we had Front Edge. Remember? People came along and relationships have formed as a result of that. That was a year ago. That's exciting. What has the next year, what next year has God got for us? You know, today is the start of the journey, so to speak. And I would really suggest, and just in your spirit, that you just say, Father, am I self-reliant? Or am I totally reliant on you? Am I rushing back to the slave market? Do I like the security of being loved and cuddled rather than growing up with you? And I don't mean that insensitively. I really don't because life is difficult. I appreciate something that uh, Something that Hugh Pierce said at, at City. He said, you know, like Boaz, be a partner with God in blessing others. So we receive from Jesus, and as Hugh said, let's partner with the Lord, and let's bless others, and let's do others good. Amen. Shall we pray?
Father God, we want to thank you that Jesus came and that he bought us out of the slave market. We want to thank you that he, he paid the price that we could be free. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have delivered us from that, from that darkness and brought us into light. Thank you, Father, that your heart is continually to set people free, to redeem them, to ransom them, and to draw them back to you. Father, we pray that many, many more people will come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour and as their king and as their master. Father, we pray that you would move continually by your Holy Spirit, making us sensitive to one another, strengthening us, Father. Father God, you are the Redeemer. It's all about you, Lord Jesus, and we just take time again to worship you and thank you for the price that you paid for us. Thank you for the empty cross. Thank you for the empty grave. Thank you that you're ascended and that you've poured out your Holy Spirit. Father, give us wisdom and compassion to apply that in our everyday life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your attention. I know there was quite a lot of heavy stuff there. So if you're visiting us, you're very welcome to stay. We have tea and coffee just through the door. That will be ready in three or four minutes. And other facilities are just through there on the right-hand side if you need those. Okay? Thank you.